podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Well, it appears that we're back online again. Um, uh, it's me, Nathan Bunting, calling from uh, Round the Boards and Speedway podcast again, joined on the show by my co-hosts, Rob Ludlow and Kane Watt. Are you with me, guys? Has it worked? We are. Well, we I am, anyway. We're back online again. Um, uh, it's me, Nathan Bunting, calling from uh, Round the Boards and Speedway podcast again, joined on the show by my That's co-hosts. Awesome. So, it's, it's, great. it's great to have you on the show. I'm just listening back to make sure that we can hear ourselves. So, uh once again, big thank you to Paul and Clive at BHP Radio who have allowed us to, to use this platform uh, to broadcast our show. So it's a it's a welcome to all the BHP Radio listeners and also to our normal listeners who might be listening early before we uh, send our podcast out on Spotify tomorrow. But uh, let's get started then. Um, and we will begin um, as we normally would um, with our reviews of the, the GPs, which have been up and running again this week. And uh, also some of the stuff that's been coming out of British Speedway, and I know there's going to be an interesting debate a little bit later um, that we may have spoken about just before we come on air tonight. So looking forward to that one. So are you ready for this, guys? I can't wait, mate. I'm, I'm buzzing. I can't wait. <laughs> buzzing? You sound like buzzing. <laughs> uh, so, i tell you what, I had a six-a-side tournament yesterday. I've been playing all day. My head's like a red Christmas bauble. I've caught the sun of it. So I'm, I'm sort of glowing at the moment. I got them. Yeah. But other than that, no, I'm fantastic, ready to go. Let's crack on. That was it was a hot one, I'll give you that. Um, so, we're off to Gorshoff, uh, the latest round of the GP. And uh, before we go much further, I just want to talk about um, the fact that us three actually got it pretty much nailed on. Apart from the fact we all picked uh, Bartosz Marsley to win it. We did say um, Gorshoff top three in the wrong direction. Yeah, I know. We did, but yeah. I think because we picked the top three, that is credit for all of us. So, I might give us all a point for it. I don't know what you think. I'd take the extra point, I don't mind. Yeah, but anyway, um, fantastic for Anders Thompson, who won his first Grand Prix. Um, I was going to say like it was nice to see him riding around in his pants after the meeting, but like, sounds a bit crass, to be honest. But um, really pleased for Anders to pick up his first win. Martin Vasilik obviously picked up a good second as well, and Bartosz Marslik in third, uh, who ended up extending his lead again in the series. But Kane, if you, if you want to go ahead with this one, I, I must admit, I've not actually seen the Grand Prix because I was out on Saturday night, so... Um, I know you watched it, so you can talk us well, through some of the good things. I did see bits of it. I was in the car on the way to Berwick, and it rained. So I basically drove to Berwick to watch a, a GP, which was nice. Um, it was good. <laughs> it was worse place. I mean, I'd rather have been at home, to be honest. But, yeah. Um, no, I thought it was okay. Um, it looked a bit dodgy in the first few heats when it rained, but I don't think it rained after, after that. Um, I actually thought it was Dudek who was going to win, although I did believe Billy had a chance and sadly it didn't come off. And that was £20 down the drain. Cheers, Dan. <laughs> but, yeah, I didn't really expect Thompson to win. I, I didn't realise he even made the semi finals. I wasn't paying that much attention, to be honest. But I think even when he was in the final, I was surprised he picked Gate too. But I'm not a speeder rider and he won it, I didn't. So, well done. It was, it was, I thought it was quite good. 
Rob, did you catch any of the action? Yeah, I watched the whole thing, mate. Yeah, um, it was. I actually thought it was one of the better Grand Prix we've had so far this year. Um, if you, you know, if you can ignore the the ball fest at Prague and then the shocking track in Germany, um, yeah, this one was quite a good one. I thought uh, a little, a little spat with my with my dad. I was watching it with my dad at the time, and we had a a, a bit of a spat about Bewley's gate pick in the semi final. I was a bit um, surprised. I, I thought yeah, because yeah, that's what I was saying because I, I think he picked gate one. Um, obviously, gate one had looked to be like mo- looked like the best the best gate overall over the course of the night. But it just didn't. The longer the meeting went on, the more that outside line developed. The more I thought, I think I'd rather go for four. Not that I'm a well, speedway just... rider and I would do it myself, but I just thought Bewley's been you know Bewley's been really really fast, and then he sticks himself off gate one. If you don't make it from there. You, you sort of you don't really have much of an option. Whereas from four, you have it looked like there was there were more options where you could have a cutback or you could blast around the outside of them. Um, I was just surprised he sort of let Smarzlik have gate four. Um, Looking at the stats, uh, nine, 19 of the twenty two races were off gate four or first or second. So for me, it would have made more sense to have picked that gate. But... Yeah, I, I, as I said, like the the track develops in a way like the early heats. The the inside line was obviously was bang on really. Um, Especially with the rain-soaked first couple of heats, um, but yeah, I would have I would have picked gate four every day of the week. Especially with the with, with the line how how the line was the line was developing on the track. There was a bit of a sort of mid-track line um, that Bewley had looked so fast on in his in in earlier heats, and I, yeah, I just couldn't understand why he picked gate one. But I suppose he lives and learns. I suppose. Um, but yeah, uh, that's five different winners from five Grand Prix. That's pretty good going yeah. for, for for a season when you expected. Smiles let to run away with it, although he probably still is. Um, I think he's like 18 points clear, even though he's only won one Grand Prix. If anyone behind him could have a bit of consistency about him, he might have a bit of a challenge, but nobody I seems to want fancy doing that at the moment. Yeah, I mean, Va- Vashlik seems to be finding a little bit of form at the moment, and he's elevated himself back up there as well. And Patrick Dudek's now had a couple of decent GPs. Um, I'd say Dan Bewley and Lambert seem to find themselves in semi-finals more often than not now. Um, uh, I'm just looking at Yanovsky uh, down at the bottom. Obviously, very disappointed for him to only pick up two points on the night. Um, and then looking at the standings themselves, um, but just Marsling now has an 18 point lead in the series. And I think as we come up to halfway, uh, it, it, I would almost call that insurmountable now. I, I, I can't see, I mean, Leon Madsen's still in second, but he's got 10 points in the last three rounds. So, as you say, Rob. Somebody needs to put a string of scores together now to to get themselves back into contention. Really, yeah. There's not enough. There's not enough riders sort of banging in, making finals regularly enough. Is that yeah, Smarzlik's made three finals? He's made a semi-final in every round. Um, I know Leon Madsen has as well, but that's only one final for him. Four semi-finals. He's picked up ten points in each of the last three rounds, as you say. But you need those sixteen, eighteen, and twenties to start clawing some points back you know if if smartly smartly even winning grand prix at the moment he hasn't won one since round one and he's still pulling away someone just needs to string some decent results together or he, otherwise he is just going to run away with it um but it's good entertainment seeing that five different winners from five different grand prix that's that's good um oh, but yes yeah, it's, it's just yeah. be nice if there was a bit more of a title race going on at the moment can we just add there was only 11 points between mickelson in 12th on 42 and vikulik in third on 53 yeah, I think it's yeah, it's it's really close up there, and I think that's where the benefits of the scoring system comes in. Um, as it is now, um, 
rather than taking the individual points from the meeting, uh, allocated points dependent on finish. And I think as with the, the, the premiership pairs that we discussed, that, that particular scoring system evens itself up and gives, uh, although Smarslik is pulling away at the top, those in the middle order are all battling away for them top six positions. Yeah, you can't really separate most of them, can you? Like, as, I, as I said, like it would be nice to have a bit more of a title race, but in terms of the sort of midfield pack, anybody anybody can make that top six at the moment. Um, what would say is probably a good thing Max Frick has won a Grand Prix because he would be well out of the uh, hunt. But as it is, he's only you know, 17 points off of a top six spot. So it's not totally insurmountable, similar as Smarzlik's lead at the top of the top of the leaderboard itself. But yeah, there's you, you, you say anyone from anyone already in the top six all the way down to possibly maybe Frick, I would say, has a, has a reasonable chance because Frick's got it in him to win a Grand Prix, as we've already seen. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very competitive in the, in the middle of the field, if not at the top. Yeah, and I mean, you, you could probably argue that there's still a few people in there. And we when we, we head off to Cardiff um, in a couple of months, um, we could find ourselves with a sixth different winner. Uh, I don't think that's beyond the realms of possibility. Um Leon Madsen, Janowski, Woffenden, still yet to win a Grand Prix as well. And who knows, maybe Robert Lambert or Dan Bewley might be able to win in Cardiff as well. But uh, time will tell and, and us three will be meeting up in Cardiff and hopefully um, there'll be many people coming down to meet us and buy us all a drink. Glasgow as well. Isn't that right, Mark? Yes. Glasgow as well. The we week after as well, the, uh, the Challenge. Yeah, so, so that's, it's north. an interesting month. Yep. I, I'm, I'm worried about going north, but... I'm, I'm willing to do it for a bit of speedway. That's right. It's only for one weekend, isn't it? I wouldn't, I wouldn't live yeah. up there, I don't think. But just off the back of the Grand Prix, um, Kane, um, we heard that um, Freddie Lindgren's going to take a, a couple of weeks um, break from speedway. Um, still suffering from the long COVID, which uh, affected him so much in 2020, um, and he, he in fact contracted the virus again the following winter. So. He's been suffering with some breathing difficulties and sustained some lung damage. So he's having a couple of weeks off just to see how things go and, and hopefully we'll see him back in time for Cardiff. Yeah, I, I think he'll be probably targeting the Speedway Nations as a comeback date because I think Sweden do rely on him a lot. But it is clear to see if you look at his scores this year, even in Poland and the, the GPs as well, it's it's not been too consistent and it's not the Freddie Lindgren that we've known for the last few years. You know, he's always really been a one of them top grade riders and I'm not saying he isn't a top grade rider he, he does still prove it now and then but it's not it's not the consistency that he, we're used to with Freddie and um, yeah he, it, I think it's affected him nearly a year now hasn't it if not well I think it's been yeah it's been going on for a couple of years really oh. I think he's contributed it a couple of times so um, we wish Freddie the best and, and hopefully he is he is feeling much better soon and, and continuing all his leagues and in the Grand Prix and the Speedway and Nations as well. So, just moving on to a, to a few bits in, in the uh, in the British leagues as well and some news. And obviously, we brought you the news last week regarding Newcastle Speedway that there was uh, a big rumour. And as is with the podcast, the day after we announced something, it actually happens. <laughs> so, so, obviously, Newcastle folded. There was a statement which came out from Rob Grant um, a very, um, it, it was a, a heartfelt statement, and it, I, I do feel sorry for for Rob in many respects. But um, I, I think it was for the best, if it can be for the best, and hopefully that there is somebody out there that can take Newcastle on um, to, to greater things that Rob couldn't obviously achieve. But we know 
behind the scenes some of the difficulties that Newcastle face with their landlords. But uh, hopefully we can see them back because we don't want to see another track uh, fall, do we? No. Um, hopefully someone does come in for next season. I'm, I think that's why they said they were sort of making the, the decision now. It's partly, well, partly why I think money was a problem as well. But, um, yeah, I think obviously closing now it gives them, I'd say, six to nine months just to get something officially sorted. So it's probably the the best case scenario of a club closing is, albeit it probably is more complicated doing it mid-season, but it gives them the more time to rectify things for 2023. Hopefully so, yeah, and, and hopefully someone does come in uh, for the club and we can see racing continue at Newcastle again. Um, I know we all had a bit of a laugh and a joke about Newcastle this season, but from a serious speedway point of view, we never wanted to see a team fold and uh, all we can hope is that Newcastle return in the future and, and the fans up there, some of them are, are great speedway fans. And I must add, it was great from what the red car promotion done this week. Um, obviously, they had a red car versus Newcastle select um, side on Sunday to give them a, a send-off. Um, and I just thought that was a, a, a great piece of appreciation from red car. They obviously had to pay all the riders that were on show there. Um, lots of fans turned out and it was... I said to you, Kane, it's not sometimes uh, with yourself and probably Rob as well, when you lose your club, you don't always get to say goodbye like that because you never know when the end is. No. In, in, this, respect, in this respect, Newcastle knew it was the end, so they had one last chance just to, to see Newcastle. Yeah, uh, even though it wasn't an official meeting, it's it's just it's good to see that you know you get to see the team out one more time. Um, Workington was a, a bit strange with us because we... we um, Obviously, we had the the finals and we won the league, and then we'd set up the team for twenty nineteen, and then we pulled out. But then we did have we had two matches. We had one at Redcar for Ben Barker's testimonial as a fours, and another fours for Craig Cooks at Glasgow. So we sort of did get one, but it wasn't the same because it wasn't an actual like a, a one to seven. It was, but we were represented, so I suppose it was better than nothing. Yeah, exactly. So and and I'll. Again, off the back of this one, and I'll come to you with this one, Kane, because uh, he's one of your favourites. But uh, um, obviously, with the news of, of Newcastle folding, Armadale um, come sweeping in. Um, Lee Complin uh, has gone to Armadale, along with Elliot Kelly, who, if you remember, retired at the beginning of the season from Mildenhall. Um, it fell out of love with the sport, but I've, I've seen that he's been practising a lot recently. So, so Lee and Elliot have come in for Armadale. Um, obviously, uh, George Roffery uh, lost his place. Uh, he was out through injury anyway. And William Lawson has also left. So, um, I suppose what you could say is Lee Compton can bring a lot of experience uh, to Armadale. And he's, he's come out today and said he likes the track. He's had a good performance at Edinburgh already this year. So, it uh, be interesting to see how he does. Yeah, I mean, Lee's got the, the potential to score well. Obviously, he's coming back from a, a hefty while about what ten years or something, so you obviously we've seen it's not going to be the twenty ten league company, but you know it's he's still a good ride when he's there, I think, and there's better days to come yet. But um, it's it's an improvement that Armadale needed. Elliot Kelly is a, a rider for the future as well, so yeah, that's a it's nice to see. And obviously, just having seven riders again will probably help them. Uh, obviously, I don't think George only did one or two meetings for them, and then I just crashes in personal problems as well. And uh, William Lawson's not been 
the same rider this year as he has been in in previous years before his retirement and after as well. So hopefully things start turning around for them and they they can get some points on the board sharpish. Hopefully so, yeah, and um, it'll be good to see them back in action again. It's been a while since they've been in action, I think, actually. So Yeah, I think they've um, got a few matches later in the season because he's sort of trying to mix it with the Monarchs as well. Yeah, and um, I'll come to you for the next one, Rob, as the resident premiership expert. Um, but a couple of injuries this uh, past week that have happened... Um, Ben Barker sustained a nasty injury after a crash at Peterborough recently, and he's been ruled out for about six weeks. Um, that's going to affect them quite badly because Ben was riding pretty well at reserve as well. Yeah, it definitely is. That's I, I think that was a, a pretty shrewd signing by Peterborough to bring um, to bring Ben Barker in, and it's yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a shame that he's ended up getting um, he's ended up getting injured because I, I think that sort of scuppered their chances of winning the meeting that he was in at the time, but. Um, it, yeah, six weeks is quite a long time in Speedway. To be fair, there's not um, you, know, you can have quite a few meetings inside six weeks. So um, it'd be interesting to see what they do with that. Uh, I would, I would guess they're going to they're going to run with a guest. But um, yeah, it's it, it's a bit of a shame for Ben because he come in and, and started banging in points right from the off. So um, yeah, that's it's. I think it's going to be a pretty big miss for Peterborough unless the guests they they pick to come in for him uh, do the job. Yeah, I think they they're running a guest tonight actually um, against Sheffield. They've got their own injury problems at the moment as well. Um, Jake Allen um, has well, it was a suspected fractured wrist. I think that's now confirmed after he had a crash at Kings Lynn last Thursday. Uh, and just to add into that as well, um, Craig Cook um, has sustained or has had some pretty nasty falls recently. Um, we all know um, Craig's usually quite. Uh, a, I don't want to say he's not. He doesn't have that many crashes. Um, so it's very rare for Craig to have three accidents within a week. Um, I think he had one at Oxford and then he he took a big one at Kings Lynn last Thursday as well. And he didn't look great when he was walking off the track. And then the following night, he's back in action. Um, and Nick Morris has collected him in a race, which has caused some serious damage to himself and his bike cane. Um, and a GoFundMe page has been started. Yeah, Um can't actually remember the last time I saw Craig Cook fall off so much in a week. It, it, but I know the one at Glasgow wasn't his fault, and I think there was one another one at Oxford that might not have been his fault. I think it was the bike. I'm not sure on that one, but uh, the one with Nick Morris, I think Morris had a chain go and he had nowhere to go. So they're, they're the ones that probably more of a kick in the teeth because you've, you've not really done nothing, anything wrong there. and you, You've ended up hurt and got financial issues with the bike, but... Um, yeah, hopefully we do see him back. It's good, it's good to see he's not broken anything. It's just sort of general soreness and the shoulder issue. But um, I think it was he's lost two engines and wrecked one bike, so it's it's not good news. But yeah, hopefully we we see him back soon. And obviously the GoFundMe will help. There, there was another GoFundMe, um, just while we're on the topic, of a junior rider called Joe Bryce. He was selected to ride for the some European match, I think, but his bike yeah. didn't wasn't under the uh, standards. Oh, yes. I remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think he has a, now got a bike, but if he didn't, if he hasn't, then there is a GoFundMe up on the Facebook. So, yeah, if you got any money, just send it to both riders away. So you know, it's not very often riders make money in this sport. I think um, I did 
just while we've done this as well, I was watching um, there was an interview with Adrian Rommel with Paul Capaldi, who's another top Speedway chat show. Um, Adrian Rommel says, "If you like Speedway, sign for sign in England, and if you like money, sign in Poland." So, I think that's a <laughs> it's quite easy and good way to explain Speedway there. I, mean, I think that probably just about sums it up, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, just to just to quickly dive out, as as there is a meeting going on at the moment, we were talking about the, uh, Jake Allen and Ben Barker's injuries. Um, obviously, Ipswich have, have got Brock Nicholson as a guest this evening. He's, he's got one and a bonus from his two rides. But um, Justin Sedgman guested for is guesting for Jake Allen tonight, and he's he's got seven plus one from three. So he's keeping Sheffield on uh, on level terms there. But looks like it's eighteen points apiece after six six heats. If, uh, for a little little live score update there for everyone. Yeah, thanks for that, Robin. I wouldn't be surprised if Justin Sedgman signed up somewhere um, in the Premiership. Uh, he's been riding fairly well for uh, Birmingham in the Championship, so I, I can't imagine that he won't be riding in the Premiership, um, whether it be Ipswich, Peterborough, whoever's got intrigued at the moment, someone will want to snap him up. He's definitely, um, put him show, he's definitely putting himself in the shot window there with, with two heat wins already tonight. So, Yeah, and he's, uh, he rode, where was he last week? He rode... He was a Peterborough, wasn't he? He was in Heat 15 last week at, P- at Ipswich, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, so he's putting himself in the shop window, so we'll see what comes uh, in the few, next few weeks. Um, moving on then, um, where shall we go now? Um, I think that's just probably summed up the news um, of this week in, in this country. But I think uh, one more thing I just want to bring you is, is the situation at Peterborough. Um, and obviously off the back of what was happening at Newcastle, um, to know here that um, Peterborough may not be in the league next year. But I, I tend to think this this isn't the first time that this has happened with Peterborough being at the showground. Um, so I think there's more to come from this. And I, I suspect that there will be Speedway at Peterborough next year. I don't know what you guys think. Well, judging by what they, they come out with, it, it looks like, Peterborough have some sort of plan in place. Um, I, as you said, this is this isn't been a, this isn't a new thing. It's it's an area that I think um, the local council wanted to develop for quite a while. So um, you'd like to think that Peterborough, knowing full well that something like that may happen, they've got something in place to either um, have another pla- have another track built somewhere else, or um, to have some sort of assurances of. I think at least they'll be racing next year, from what I can, from my understanding of what the plans were. Um, it looks like they're likely to be racing next year, possibly 2024 as well. But um, after that, I would, I, I would hope that they've had plans in place for a while as, as to what they're going to do about it. But yeah, there's a lot of um, a lot of teams. I saw someone on Facebook the other day put up a list of teams that we lost in the last say decade, and it's it's quite damning. Um, I think it was nearly double figure teams. Um, you seem to be losing a team every other year at the moment. So uh, hopefully they've got something sorted out, um, as you'd like to think they have, as they've got a, a decent amount of time to prepare for it. Yeah, and it's certainly a, it's a worrying trend. I think only a few clubs, Oxford most recently, obviously have bucked the trend and have returned to the sport. And hopefully we keep these teams. Uh, these teams are important for for the country. We need to keep these teams and some of the old will come back as well. I do. Um, I do actually have some some slight, very recent news with regards Ooh. to Swindon. Um, what? Go on then. Is there was well, a little bit. I wouldn't say it's exclusive here, but uh, I do know that there was um, there was a gathering of Swindon fans uh, outside the sort of well building site that is is the Abbey Stadium at the moment. This evening, um, the local newspaper had sent down a, a reporter, and there were hopes that 
somebody that they they contacted. I think it's Gaming International who, who own the stadium. That some someone would there to meet them and and explain what the deal is in terms of the track. I know I said the other week that there, there had been a, a little bit of work going on, but as I said, there have been. Um, you know, we had an Abbey farewell meeting like six years ago. Um, and we ended up racing on it for another three or four seasons. Um, and now we've got the stadium redevelopment ongoing. There's parts of a stadium in the, in the car park. But um, I do know that there were Swindon fans there tonight. Uh, and I know that the local newspaper went. Um, but it looks like Gaming International didn't send anyone to speak speak to the fans. Um, so they? They, they sort of, well, yeah, they sort of turned up and, and had a jolly in the car park for a little while. But um, it is worrying that there isn't anyone to come from it. I know that um, Alan Rossiter and, and Lee Kilby have come out and said that they want to win the race next season, um, but it, it's totally reliant on the on the stadium as it is. If it's not if it's not built, then there's not going to be speedway. The track's there. Um, dog racing is still running, so there's no plans on demolishing the stadium, um, as in not using it. But yes, there was a hopeful gathering of Swindon fans earlier this evening, but it doesn't look as if they've managed to get any further answers. So something may be happening hopefully that might kick gaming international into gear and get them putting out a statement of some description to to sort of ease fans worries but it's it's not looking great at the moment uh, well it's, i suppose at least there's something happening um and hopefully you get to see speedway return to swindon next year and we get to see more tracks next year obviously north side's one um we, we, we look we look forward to all the pictures that come out of there and hopefully they'll be racing there before the end of the year so that that clears up um, the news in this country, I believe. What uh, what we're going to move on to now is the Watt versus Ludlow Challenge, I think. Oh, and for, for those of for those of you listening ah. for the first time, uh, Rob and Kane are in competition with each other um, on a on a series of questions. Some selected by some of our listeners um, this evening. It's been selected it's by uh, Phil Steele. Oh, thank God! It, it's Phil Steele this time. So another friend of the show. Um, I, I'm not convinced he's going to be a friend of the show after this one. I'm oh, not going to lie. I'm sensing a pattern here. Do you guys just sit in a, in a group thinking, what, what's the worst question we can come up with this week? The worst name we can possibly think of to yeah. give him. Yeah. I, I generally didn't get involved. And he come How up can with we embarrass them on live, to you, live radio? <laughs> I, found, I found the answers and I really feel for you. And, and the oh. fact that it's on live radio now as well means if you get an answer wrong, there's no hiding. There's no editing. So... <laughs> I just don't say Jason Doyle after someone Jason else has already said Jason Doyle this week. Joe Screen. <laughs> I just need to find my answers. This is not and the question. This is oh no. We are highly professional here, yeah. guys, to be fair. No, I've, got, I've got it here, ready. Should we tell you so you haven't got the right answers? <laughs> I've definitely got the right answers this time. Rob Good. currently leads six five this week. Do you remember the year two thousand and fourteen and what happened? Not really. No, okay. I can tell you really that the fast track, the fast track scheme was brought into British oh, Speedway in two thousand. No. You're going to ask. I can. You're going to ask who the riders were, aren't you? Who the fast so track riders are? Each of the ten elite clubs tracked two of the country's best youngsters who progressed through the national league. There was twenty three riders in total. What I need from you is twenty three who were on the original list. I've got so two. The people that were added. They had two. to have been on the original list. Okay. The, like, the, do you want me to give you a list? list? It makes me think there was a second list. There was, because I think there were there were there were riders that were drafted later on 
in the season. Mm. They weren't on the original list because they were signed as replacements oh. for riders who would come but, in. But so. were they still on the original list? That's a uh, difficult they just question didn't get to signed. Answer, You'll find mm. out. If you say that your first name and he was on the second list and not the first. I'll be kicking quick off, and easy, I will. That's a quick and easy point, that is. Yeah. I, I think that there are 11 riders that are still active in one of the three leagues. That's that's Just quite sad. So half of them are no longer in the sport. That's genuinely quite sad. Yeah. So um, who am I going to go with first? Um, who went first last week? Rob, sure. who had the... Oh, no, Kane went first last I, week. I was in the for half the week. I don't know. Yeah, Kane went first last week. I've got the answers from last week, down because he said it was wild cards last week, wasn't it? And oh, it was yeah. Marshall, it was oh, answer yeah. number one. I've still got the piece so, of paper in front of me, actually. I don't think it's moved off my you, desk since. You must, you must be up first, then, Rob. Oh, can't wait. Okay. Um, so, my first one I'm going to say is Steve Worrell. That's a bold one. It's correct, though. I oh, know, because he was Swindon's. I'm thinking, <laughs> I've not even said one. Um, Lewis Blackbird? He was definitely yes. there. Correct. Okay. Um, I, like I want to say. Oh, I love Lewis. Uh, I'm going to say Lewis Rose. Oh, Lewis Rose was correct, weren't he yours as well? Uh, I think he might have been ours a year after. I think it was yours. Wait, there was, was one year. There were yeah. more than there was more than one year of the draft. Yeah, I think oh, it was like yeah, two. Was... Now, now I really am yeah. panicking. Oh, uh... hmm. Yeah, he was he was quite young in 2014. But do I say him? Don't say Chris Harris. <laughs> Joe Scrooge. No. Joe Scrooge. Uh, Jason Doyle. No. Um, <laughs> Stefan Nielsen. All in that all. is correct. Yeah. Bellevue, nice. I think. That's a good effort, that one. Uh, I'm going to go Adam Ellis. That is correct. I'm trying to think of the work needing team. 2014. Was it 2015? Nathan Greaves. I think I could be wrong there. That is an incorrect yeah. answer, Kane. Okay. He was. He was definitely. He was definitely a draft rider because we I signed him as a draft rider. He, for Swindon, didn't he? he was. Oh, he okay. signed for Swindon for for a little while. Um, but I think that might have been the year after. I, and I, I just, think I remember he rode for us one year, and he, he said he was fast track reserve. But I couldn't remember if it was fourteen or fifteen or sixteen. Or it was I, 16. I think I think it might have been fifteen. Yeah, from, I, what, uh, from memory. Just right, while we're on the top of Nathan Graves, um, I have one memory of him winning a race and then falling off, and I think he broke his leg in two places, and that was all I remember of his working team career. No, I tell you what, I got a couple of a couple of memories of Nathan Graves was when he was when he was at Swindon. Um, I think mean, I've never seen a rider so willed on by a whole crowd to just win well, a heat. It was the same at Wellington. He had he had plenty of pace, but I think there was there was one. He was he's, he gated heat two against. Oh, I can't remember who it was against now, but he gated absolute peach of a gate. And he's been he's leaned for all four laps. He's got a good six or seven bike lengths clear as well. He was well clear, and then he's everyone's like, just stay on the bike, Nathan. Come on, stay on the bike. And he he comes into Ben three too hot. Oh, and he bins it on Ben Four no. on the last lap. <laughs> and... Something like that that happened in a Scunthorpe second half. I won't mention the rider's name because if you, if you know the story, you'll know why. Um, he he was winning. He was I think he was beating Gavin Pye, who was quite good at that level. 
I don't think he'd, he'd, the rider wouldn't have won a race all season. He'd look behind him on the last corner going into it. I don't think he'd turn and just hit the fence. <laughs> I, won't, I won't say who it was. Oh, you've got to, eh? No, I can't. <laughs> don't name and shame. Yeah. Um, I was, I've actually got a couple of, a couple of names. Can I just check a couple of names here, Nate? I wasn't sure how long how long I was going to carry on. But I've, got, as well. I've got Ben Morley. Ben Morley was on there. And I had... Oh, hang on. He's just gone at me head now. Uh, oh, Charles Jacobs? Wright. Oh, Charles Wright. Charles Wright. Charles Wright was. wasn't. Oh, Joe wasn't. Jacobs was. Joe Jacobs. Um, who's the other one? I just, I just had his name. I just had his name. Matt Williamson. Nah, it's gone. You, you've probably not named the three. Probably. The good ones. <laughs> I wouldn't say the good ones, but the biggest ones at that point. <laughs> yep, he was wrong. Can we just yeah, I do on? remember. Can we start? I remember this. It was... Well, we, Jason Garrity. Jason Garrity, Kyle yeah. Kyle Newman. Adam Ellis. I already said Adam Ellis. Yeah. Ellis, I do apologise. Ashley yeah. Morris, Paul Stark. How did I get Ashley Morris? Tom Perry, Simon Lambert. Simon, how is Simon? Smart. Simon Lambert's been 40 for about 40 <laughs> years. <laughs> Dan Greenwood, Max Clegg. Dan Greenwood, that's at the bottom. Max of the Clay, past. that was the one. Yeah, I met him and him and Green. I swim and rode away at Leicester. I mean, about four guests and rider replacement. And him and Max Clay and Nathan Greaves rode each other about five times that night. And they had a little mini duel all night. It was great. Who won? Uh, Greaves did because Swindon won by two ah. with four guests and rider replacement. <laughs> British Speedway, isn't it? British Speedway, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Seven so five, two point the... lead. First yep, time Rob in the series, like we had. Yep. Got to get my act Can't together. Okay, I'm going to have to think of something a little bit easier for Kane next week. Get himself back into Words the group that start again. with the letter A. <laughs> That's Robert still Jason Doyle. <laughs> yeah, I think I might. Yeah, I might still win that as well. What colour is a fire engine? <laughs> <laughs> Depends where you come from. Anyway, moving on. We shall, where should we go next? Let's uh, let's move on to our meeting of the week next. Um, I've forgotten what I'm meeting. And then we'll go over the, the uh, predictions from last week. So this week, the uh, the supercomputer decided that Oxford versus Leicester would be our meeting of the week, which is on Wednesday evening. So I know Kane, you were unhappy with this one, so I'll let you go first. I've genuinely, I've completely forgot about it until you've just said what the meeting was. So, oh, as you say, I I definitely have a prediction. Pre, pre-planned and I'm not wasting time trying to think about it um, could we possibly come to me later ok we'll, we'll come to Rob next then. thank you ok um, so uh, a quick disclaimer about this one is that I'm actually assuming it doesn't rain which Ooh. it does look like it is going to oh. I was planning on actually attending this one um, Ooh. but which is it's difficult it, for me yeah, it's just been planning to go to Oxford oh. that's, that's difficult but uh, it does look like it might rain but I have got a prediction, and it's not entirely down to my Swindon bias here, is I think Leicester are going to pick up an away win here, actually. I think it'd be tight. I think it'd be very tight. Um, Oxford obviously did beat Glasgow by two last week on their own track, so and you, you usually want to lean towards home advantage and speedway quite a bit. So, But Leicester are on fire. They're well clear at the top of the table. Um, I'm going to go 47-43 to Leicester. 47 43 Leicester. You just... Can I come to you now, Kane, or do you want me to go first? I'll I'll come in now. Um go on then. It I I was I, I felt Leicester 
had a, a decent chance. Um, I think the Glasgow meeting was sort of just one of them things, you know. You, you wouldn't expect them to get hammered all the time. Um, and obviously they, they've proved once again against Birmingham that they are really good at home. Another 60-point score. Uh, I, I'm going to say... Uh, yeah, I'm just going to get out of the way. I'm going to say Leicester 46 44 I think. Well, I've said it now, so you, I have. You change your you change your mind the other week. Uh, I, I can't done. do that again. I lost last time. I was saying you changed your mind the other week and went for the other way around and ended up losing anyway. Well, if I win this one, just even if I get it right, I'm better than the computer because the computer got last week's result wrong. So technology ain't all that. <laughs> yeah, it did. We'll, we'll come to that in a minute, but yeah, it did get it wrong. Um, for me, um, I don't actually know if Scott Nichols is back. I don't know if there's any news, but is Scott Nichols riding tonight? No. Maybe. No. A Peterborough. A Peterborough. No, I don't actually know. Uh, he might be, actually. If you can whack a bit of filler in for a couple of seconds, I'll check. Do, 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 do. Yeah, he is. No, he's not. <laughs> he's, uh, not. he's not. He's not. So, no. uh, well, even if he's not, they, they can have a guest. I, I just think um, with Aaron Summers in as well, they've got a good top three, but is it as good as Leicester's? No, I don't think so. Um, then again, the, the Leicester top three haven't spent probably other than Carl Howarth. I don't think. I don't think they would have rode Oxford. But um, even Carl Howarth might be pushing it. To be fair, I don't know if he's guessed it there. To be honest, but no, maybe it might, it might have ridden it as a junior. I did. He might have done that a couple of times. But I don't think many many of the riders would have raced at Oxford too often. Yeah, at all. I'm, I I think you two are quite close to the mark. To be honest, so I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. We can't agree with that. It'll be an away win. Well, no, I agree that it's going to be an away win, but I'm going to go 48-42. Leicester is my prediction. Done. I'll pen it in now, so I've got to go with it. Pen it in. Pen it in. And then just to go back over our predictions from last week as well, obviously we had the Grand Prix where we all foolishly predicted Smarslik might actually win on his home track and we were all made to look stupid. Thanks, Barty. But then in the Milden Hall versus Leicester fixture... um, Rob, you came up top with a point in that one. You predicted the Leicester away win, which it did happen in the end. Um, I was totally the wrong way. And Kane predicted a Mildenhall win with his supercomputer generator. Uh, and that failed him as well. So, well done to Rob. So, he moves that. on to eight points. Kane is, is on seven and I'm on ten. Look at that. I know little to nothing about the National League and I'm still picking up points. I'd blame, I'd, you know, I'd blame Mickey. Simply. Even a broken clock's wrong uh, right twice, though. So. Yeah, that's what it is, isn't it? It is also wrong, so my first statement wasn't wrong. Ah, okay. Thanks for that, Ken. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> All those words yeah. of wisdom then, mate. Yeah. That's what I've been uh, for. Yeah, I, I really have no idea, but thanks. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on again. Um, we'll go on to uh, some other news from around the globe um, and some exciting news here. This is my favourite bit of news of the week. Is a uh, friend of the show, Rasmus Jensen, is the new Danish champion. First time that he has been crowned Danish champion. He scored 15 point maximum in the heats before finishing second in the final, which um, is something I just don't understand. What's what's the point of a final well, when the second place points? Rasmus wins. That's all that matters. That's the important thing. But yeah, I fully agree with you. I think um, in our post. Uh, podcast chat with with Rasmus last week. He was uh, 
a bit confused, as you might have seen on Twitter um, over the course of last week with the scoring system in the British League. But I'm also confused how you can finish second in a final and still be the winner. The ball is in your court, Raza. Yeah, come back and explain that one to us. And you can't say it's British Speedway in it because it's not. <laughs> um, you cannot blame us. You cannot blame British Speedway for this one. It's Dan- I, I don't know, does it work? Danish it's Danish Speedway in it? Does Dance that work? Speedson in speed. I think that works. We'll yeah. go with that. Um, I suppose he's the top point scorer, so it does make sense, but it sort of defies the point of having a final, really. But congratulations, Rasmus Jensen. Fantastic. Yep. That's great. Yep. Well done to him. And, uh, Anders, Tom- Anders Thompson won the final and finished second, so well done to Anders. Uh, Kenneth Bier then finished in third, and his younger brother, Lass- brother, brother Lassabier, finished in fourth in that one, and he was only a late replacement uh, for the injured Mikkel Mickelson. Um, I believe Leon Madsen um, also crashed in the first heat, along with Michael Yeps and Jensen, with both of the riders having to withdraw from the rest of the meeting. So would have been interesting to see if Madsen hadn't have crashed, what would have happened, because I'm sure he would have had something to say um, in the final standings as well. Um G, or where shall we go next? I'm going to go on to the GB, uh, making their decisions for the, the under-19 European Championships and the riders that they'll be sending out there. Um, so Nathan Ablett, Harry McGurk and Sam Hagen uh, will be riding in Zarnavika on July the 30th. And the Alpha Qualifier takes place at the Czech Republic um, on September the 3rd, which will feature Jordan Palin and Leon Flynn. Um, there were some strange decisions uh, in this due to the... Um, the, the Speedway of Nations 2 final, which is, I believe, the day before. So riders would have struggled to get to the venue. So this is why um, these riders have been placed where they are. But uh, it's great for Nathan Ablett, Harry McGurk and Sam Hagen, who have all been having good National Development League seasons, can to uh, get some European experience in the under-19s. Yeah, um, I think probably Harry McGurk's been one of the real standout performers this year that no one particularly... Well, I think at least here, but we—I—I I watched him last season a little bit, and he—he he, he did look a decent rider. And he's, but I think Sam McGurk was sort of the one who who broke out first last year, and possibly maybe overshadowed Harry a bit. But then Harry's really kicked on this year. Obviously, got himself a spot in the championship with Plymouth, and I think he fully deserves it. Um, to be at Zanavica, and hopefully he can qualify. Um, Nith Nablitz having a very solid season. Obviously. He's a teammate with uh, Harry at Bellevue, I think, and doing solid at Pearl. And then Sam Hagen at Oxford, he's not disgracing himself, obviously. I think he's had a few decent seasons in the National League, and I'm sure we'll see him a bit further up in his own time. But no, it's good to see just obviously under the circumstances we couldn't pick certain riders with the Speed Nations too, but. Just giving other riders a chance isn't isn't a bad thing. You know, it'll help them in the long run as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I think the reason being was because Leon and Jordan um, obviously are likely to be included in the uh, Speedway Nations Two squad. Um, so that's the reason that they'll be in the Czech Republic in set, September. But uh, good luck to them guys, and, and hopefully they get some decent results in their quest for the European Under Nineteen Championships. Also, this week, um, when is it? The second of July sees the opening round of the European, the Speedway European Championships uh, in Rybnik, uh, Rybnik in Poland. Um, we were talking about this today. The, the the odds had come out, and that they are available on all good 
pet insights. Um, but we were looking at one in particular, and and um, Kane, you you were pretty interested in what the the bookies were showing for Dan Bewley to win the competition itself, rather than the, this actual round. Dan Bewley eight to one. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I, I, it, it's it looks like a, a five horse race to me, really, for the the top three. Um, maybe even obviously top players as well, but uh, Dudek. Yannos Kolodzje, Leon Manson and Mikkel Mikkelsen, as it stands, are all 7-2. Um, I know Dudek was 5-1 to one to begin with, so his odds have sort of lowered. And then, but yeah, I think those five are the, the ones to watch out for, to really, who, who's going to take it. Um, and I think with it being at Ribnik in round one, Dan's former track, uh, I, I will be backing him to to do the business, so... Just, just Dan Bewley, Dan Bewley, eight to one. Are we, are we allowed to promote gambling? I would probably no. guess not. I would suggest I'll, not. I'll, yeah, I'd say responsibly, like, but Dan Bewley, eight stop, to one. Stop when, stop when the fun stops is is what I'll say to that. Uh, just to just to cover ourselves, but um, yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Rob, who do you fancy out of that lineup? Uh, yeah, I can understand why why Kane is is pretty happy over those odds for for Dan Bewley, but. Um, Eight to one. I... <laughs> yeah. All right, okay. All right. All right. We we can we know he's got a gambling problem here. Um, I would I would probably I would lean towards probably my favourite would be Leon Madsen myself. I think if he's fully fit, I think he's the he's probably the standout rider. There are a lot of very very good riders in that lineup. Um, it's I think it's a really really competitive field. Um, and unlike the maybe the GPs, you you would put Smiles at sort of a, a, a cut above them, but in in this one. It's, it's anyone's and over a short format like four rounds you've only got a string a bit of form together for two for you know maybe two or three rounds um you know you could with two rounds in poland you can't put you you can you can look at dudek as well um smek tyler's gonna have something to say pavliki's pretty good and Jonas kolodze is capable of winning one round and then not scoring a point in the next so if he can string a couple of results together he might do quite well um, I think what will be interesting in, in terms of in terms of British riders is, is to see how Adam Ellis gets on in this sort of company. Um, he did, he's done really well to qualify. Obviously, he's the reigning British champion at the moment, um, and it, it'd just be interesting to see how it, how he does in this in, in in this sort of competition because this is it's definitely a step up from racing in the British League. As much as we love the British League, there is you know, there is quite a difference in standard between that and the continent, especially Poland. So um, yeah, hopefully Adam has a has a good. Good series, but I, I, I would put my favourite as Leon Madsen. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more with what you guys were saying. I think I, I even I, I think I messaged after I saw Adam Ellis at, at Lynn on Thursday that for me he's, he's a really underrated rider, and I think it's time that people started to sit up and take notice of Adam Ellis. I know you've been a big fan of him, Rob, for for some time being an ex-Swindon rider, but. He just seems to be stringing that consistency together at the moment. And I think what will be interesting is how he does in Poland and Germany, away from British shores. And it'll only be good for us with the World Cup coming up next year as well to see how he performs in such company. Um, I think I have to agree. People like Dudek, um, Kolodziej, Madsen, Mickelson, Smektala, these guys are the standout ones for me, and I think it will be between them for who takes the uh, the overall top position. But um, as Kane says, Dan Bewley's got good value there. Eight to one. Eight to one. Eight to one. Yeah. So I look forward to Adam seeing. Adam Ellis, one hundred and fifty to one. 
Well, I, I think a tenner on that. Yeah, I, I probably won't, Rob. You can put a tenner on it. <laughs> no, I'm not. Put, no. I put money on Kane's tip this week and it cost me money. I'm not a gambling man. I watched you two do it too I didn't, often, I didn't so. tell you to put the money on. To I, warrant I, I gambling. Put money on. And you were like, yeah, go on then. You took advantage <laughs> of me because I was drunk. So. And I'm, I mean that over the phone, not... <laughs> <laughs> I drove down, put the bet on your phone and then left. Yeah, that's how it happened, as I remember. But um, moving on for the rest of this week, um, obviously the fixtures, the results, you can all check out on the British Speedway website. Um, um, and good luck to anyone for all the fixtures you're going to and the teams you're supporting. Um, we've got some updates on the live streaming that is going on this week. Uh, I believe there's a couple of fixtures which will be on the BSN network. Um, obviously, the Berwick meeting was called off on Saturday as Kane found out when he got has also there. been called off at Plymouth, fun fact. Has it? Like, it was called I did off not about an hour ago. Oh, so that's not on the streaming service. Um, it's not. Otherwise, we'll just be watching the rain come down. But on Wednesday, uh, Paul versus Berwick will be on the BSN. Um, so we look forward to watching that and what should be an interesting fixture. Um, no, well, just, 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 is... just to inter- I'll just interrupt you very, very quickly, if you don't mind me Go doing on, it. On, While it's just, I was going to give you some quick live score updates. Live updates, from the... clap, clap. Danny King crash, that's then. all I know. Uh, what I can tell you is the Sheffield versus Ipswich meeting isn't loading, so I can't tell you that one at the moment. But point. I can tell you that Wolverhampton are... Well clear of Peterborough at the moment. They are 42-30 ahead at the moment, it looks like. Um, Peterborough are missing Michael Palmtoff quite considerably there. Um, with a, not a lot of strength at reserve either. Benjamin Basso's got two two heat wins from reserve. Richie Worrell flying the Kings Lynn colours there um, as a guest for Peterborough. Has got three noughts. So he's, that's, Kings Lynn, he's, that's, that's Kings Lynn sort of form. Um, he comes <laughs> Um, yeah, so with after Heat 12, we are, it's 42-32 Wolves. Um, and I still can't give you the update for the other hit, other meeting at Sheffield because it's not loading. But as soon as it does, I will give you that update for you. Well, thanks for that, Rob. Yeah, no worries. I'll, I'll get that in for you. Um, and we've got a couple of things that we're going to talk about now and hopefully spark a bit of a debate. Um, that we've spoke about during the course of this week, um, and one that is that Kane has brought up actually just recently this evening, and I know that we have differing views on this. So we it'd be thought interesting. this would go just quite quickly. You know, yep, that was right. Sweep under the, the carpet, and then Nathan just came up with, "Nah, don't agree with it." So let's keep going. Right. So I'll, I'll, we'll talk about the the Michael Palm Toft Richard Lawson incident. At Paul uh, against Plymouth, unfortunately, Michael um, is injured, um, so we, we we don't apportion a lot of blame to anybody here. But it, Rob, I'll come to you first to see what you say, and then I'll tell you why you're wrong. Okay, um, <laughs> thanks for that. Uh, so again, this isn't this is no no bias coming here, but I personally feel that the the Richard Lawson. Um, he was excluded, wasn't he? He was. Yes, sorry. Yeah, I'm sure. just getting my bearings there. So the referee, in my opinion, the referee got this one correct um, on the basis that, yeah, they don't seem to get too much too much right this season. But I think they got that one right. Um, I think it's it's purely based on because 
it's a very very hard move by Lawson. He he he, he goes straight across the corner, and I think if if Palmtoff doesn't go down, I don't know where else he's going to go. Um, uh, you know, and, and the the wording of of the exclusion is the primary cause of the stoppage. Now, obviously, you've got Rich Lawson's in touch to try and pass Michael Palmtoff. Of course, he is. It's racing, but um, it's a straight. It, he's gone straight across the corner, and I don't under, I don't see where Palmtoff can go. Um, if he's it's, if, it's, if it's Lawson doesn't do that. If Lawson doesn't, you know, if Lawson doesn't come in so hard, Michael Palmtoff stays up and there's no incident. What, so, are, we, are, we, are we supposed to freewheel into the bench now? Are we? Well, not, no, I don't think. <laughs> yes. No, I think it's it's a very hard move. Um, but, but then you, people, you see a lot of hard moves where the riders stay up. They mean Livingston. Um, I just sorry. think Michael Palmtoff, and I, I don't, I do use this. I don't want to say this term, but I think he's took the easy option. But he's caused himself an injury, so that sounds worse than what I actually mean it as. But Lawson has come in hard, but Michael Michael Pantoff would probably have done the same move. Now, I don't think there's any contact in there. I, think, I don't think you need to have contact. I, I don't. I, think, I don't think. I think. I think. I think, I, I, think, I, think is, uh, I think Lawson was rightfully excluded. I don't think he probably meant to do it as hard as it happened. But if you do look at the video. Palmtoff reacts to where Lawson's coming from, whether there's contact or not. He has. I think that's half the problem because I think Lawson, um, Palmtoff has turned his head and seen Lawson coming and he's lifted to get out of the way, and I think that's caused his downfall. He has, but if he didn't do that, he would have fallen off anyway. uh, I see your point. If you look where Lawson ended up, it's a good, at least, it's probably where Palmtoff was. Yeah, I think he's. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna take a hefty clatter, or he's gonna or he's gonna chop his nose off, which you see a lot of, especially with the harder, especially in the Grand Prix, where you see harder riders. But you see a lot of times where the rider doesn't stays up, or you know, it almost caught awesome ruins their entire race because they've stayed up. Someone's chopped their nose off, they lose all momentum. If they go down, I think the the rider that's that's done the hard move should be actually really. I think there's there's a point for hard racing. I've got that's no issue with that, but. I mean, if you know, he's the pro. In my opinion, Lawson is the cause of that stoppage, not Palmtoft. Yeah, I because mean, of where he ends up. If Palmtoft goes co- on, you don't really. You, you go, oh, it's a bit hard, but you don't. Yeah. You don't like, oh, you get him disqualified for dangerous riding. You know, if, if but not that you ever see that anymore, anyway. Maybe once in like 2008. Yeah, <laughs> but like, um, it, it's just uh, maybe it's just sort of. An unfortunate event. Obviously, Palmtoff reacted, and his reaction has caused the crash. I don't. I wouldn't say Lawson meant to stick him in the fence, but he has. So it's just one I of think, the yeah. things. I think I'm with, I'm with you, Kane. To be honest, I think yeah, yeah. If, you, if a rider's got to go, then I think in that case, I think it should be Lawson. I'm was, not going to bring back my stupid all fall back rule. I think Lawson's yeah, done. A, been a bit cheeky there. Gone for a gap and <laughs> tried to nudge him out the way, and Palmtoff's paid a Hefty price. Yeah, you got to draw the line somewhere. You couldn't. You can't have fall back every time someone falls off. It's not like he's rode him up against the fence, though. I, it just—it's just, it's just no, hard speed. Into though. it instead. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's hard speedway. It is. I, I, that, I would put it down to just just racing. You know, hard racing. But, gen, but if you if you do look at the video, he has gone into where Palmtoft is. He, he wasn't leading at the time, so he's sort of forced his way through. Again, I wouldn't say genuinely physically forced his way through, but he has what his actions have done has caused Palmtoff to end up how he did. So, I mean, 
I don't agree with the comments. That I know the referee got it wrong, but it, it's very easy for us to sit here and say he got it right, he got it wrong, when he's got a split-second decision. And I think if, if you're watching that in real time, you're probably saying, yeah, Lawson's coming a bit hard there, took him out, blah, blah. But And I think because I've slowed it down and I've watched it. Tonight's probably the, the only time I've, I've seen it four, five, six times now tonight, just watching it on repeat. I've seen it at least and... ten times since you started talking. Yeah, and yeah, I've just had that link open all the way through while we were talking. I, I just think it's hard speedway, and I I, I don't blame Palm Toff, but I think he bailed out because he knew he was in trouble. First, that's my opinion. I think it's I think it's very tough. I think it's very, I think it's a dangerous sort of line you want to cross when you're saying that speed a speedway rider on a bike has has bailed out as such. I would because say I, think it's I, I would say when, I think, when the bike is lifted and start pointing towards the fence and he's going yeah. about sixty miles an hour, then he is bailed yeah, out. That's bailing out. He's I, bailed I think out right then. To say it, you know, has he laid it down? He's not really laid it down either. Like, he's not laid it down, but you know, I think he's, he is laying down. You could say that if you could say that he's if the rider laid it down because he's missed the gate on the first bend and then stayed down to get a rerun. Fair enough. I've seen that plenty of times, but you know, bailed out because he's seen a rider come in. I, I, I can't imagine many riders would do that. Well, of, of course, they don't want to get hurt. They know if That's you're going I mean. at that speed, he's not going to want to get hurt. But well, Of course not, no. Your self-preservation kicks in then. But, I'd be, yeah, they're all races. I can't imagine he wants to. You know, the last thing they want to do is hit the deck. But, yeah, it's yeah, I, yeah, I think Lawson, Lawson, if anybody had to go, I think it was Lawson. Okay. We'll let, we'll let the, the listeners decide. Get in touch with us either via our social media channels or, or send us an email, as long as it's not abusive. As long as it's Nathan, still send it. You can be abusive towards the other two, it's fine, just as long as no, it's not just, just Nathan, I get enough on the pod. We'll see, we'll see how this one goes, because I think we might agree with this one, because we had a good chuckle at this one last week, and it was actually in the same meeting. Um, Alfie Botel, I think it was Alfie Botel. Friend of the um, show, Alfie Botel. Yep, friend of the, I do apologise. Yep, I think um, was it Ben Cook was in it or was it Zach Cook? Andrew Kemp. I can't remember which one of the cooks it was now, but all ben. three of them blanket finish at the end of the race. Yeah, I'll go with that. Blanket finish at the end of the race, and then the referee gave Paul a five-one, which um, astonished quite a few people. And, and Alfie Botel raised the point of whether transponders should be in speedway. Now, we raised a point about how hard it is to get transponders in speedway. Um, and we'll start that debate again, because obviously we know when it, when there's a tapes malfunction, what do we turn to? The piece of elastic. And how behind we feel we are in speedway. Um, so how hard is it? I mean, I was thinking about it. We talk about transponders, whether it be fixed to a bike somewhere, handlebar, wheel, I don't think it really matters. But how hard is it to have a camera on the start finish line at any track with a link up to a monitor in a referee's box. I mean, that's just as simple as a transponder, is it not? Can, I'm just going to have a, a minor little rant here. I think Go because on, I didn't realise that it wasn't standard practice to have for a referee to have a video in the referee's box in a sport where they're travelling at 70 mile an hour down a straight where there could be a really, really close heat and they don't have a video recording. Absolutely staggering. Well, what, we though, don't have that. You, you don't need a video recording if you have transponders. I think transponders well, would probably yeah. be a lot cheaper. Either as well. one, either one. Yeah, I just think it's staggering that we don't have either. But oh, it's just just quickly because I, I have just gone onto Alfie's post. Uh, Barry Bishop over at the Isle of Wight, they will be testing transponders down at the Isle of Wight. So 
Possibly, maybe. Well, possibly. I mean, they're not. I mean, what, I imagine whatever they do at the Isle of Wight, the BSPA won't want to do because they don't get on. So, yeah. um, <laughs> don't do it, Barry. You know, yeah, for the good of everybody in British Speedway, it's probably group, best if you don't do it, Barry, because anymore. because the BSPL probably won't want to do it anymore, purely because they've done it. Um, but I just, I, I can't actually believe that we haven't got this sort of thing. It's simple as like something simple, you know, as like goal line technology in football. It's the same for like um, reaction speeds at the start. So, I mean, personally, my argument is if someone wants to anticipate the start and they get away with it, I don't see why you should pull it back. That's my argument. If they don't touch the tapes, you don't get excluded. Simple. Yeah, I think that would that would that would get rid of the pointless restart. Another thing that takes ages in meeting. You know, when the meeting takes ages because there's like eighty-seven reruns in a in a meeting because half the riders can't stay still. If you just get rid of that. Just say if you anticipate and you don't it as long as you don't hit the tapes you're fine. Great. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, as long as we eliminate the rollers at the start, it's something that annoys me as well. Um, that you can't see someone rolling on a start line. I, I, right, I went to King's End and I'm going to have a moan about this against Sheffield on Thursday, and I saw and this was Louis Kerr, Thomas Jorgensen with the most blatant flyers I've ever seen in my life, and they were well clear. Thomas Jorgensen moving at the start. Yeah. What? Yeah. Was that Lewis Kerr moving at the start as well? Yeah. There was another. There was another. There was another one with Thomas Jorgensen. Thomas Jorgensen moving at the start multiple times. What? (laughs) I think both of them got warned in the end, but the ones that he warned them for were less blatant than the ones that they got away with. And I just don't understand. I don't understand what the refs are looking at on the start line. And if you can't see someone on a start line, then the referee's box is in the wrong place. They're probably looking at that. That green button is to go, you know, forgetting where it is. And but all that. I mean, they're probably looking at the television screen on the second bend or something. I mean, I they're looking at looking that at, replay but... screen. Shows all the replays. Looking at, looking at anything but the race. All you need is they can have a monitor in front of them with a camera that's fixed on the start line. You can see when a race is finished. You can have action replays, and you can also see people rolling on the start line. I just don't understand. I said this sport is turning very amateurish compared to something that should be so professional. A bit like this podcast, to be fair. Um, it's professional. <laughs> but, Speak for yourself. But in a sport that should be so professional, why are we in this country seem to be so amateurish in some of the things that we do? I'd say money doesn't help. Yeah, yeah. Lack, of, really? lack of funds, I suppose. But I don't know. Chance Bond Hear that, Bojo. Give Speedway some money. Yeah, I I can't imagine he's going to do that. We need more elastic. <laughs> need more need more tapes because Thomas Jorgensen keeps going through them. Need more chips and burgers. Um, That'll save. Yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he's broken that many recently. To be fair, no. Oh, okay. No, he does He doesn't tend to go through them that much now. But, um, he just rolls a bit. Tapes, all right. He just rolls a bit. Yeah, that, they all roll. Who was I watching? Adam LSC roles. James oh, Roy, I was, just, I was even going to ask. I was going to ask you because obviously you went. It was Kings and Sheffield, wasn't it? Mujalak yeah. and Ellis. Tell me, tell me, one of them got a warning, or at least one of them, probably both. I don't think either of them did. Oh, I don't think they went the entire 2019 season without having a warning between them quite, during a meeting. Mujalak was incredible. I'm not going to lie about it. He, he seemed to find lines that no Lynn rider could find. That amazes me. He was flying on Monday. I'd love to play the, the, the blokes are god, to be perfectly honest, mate. I've been I, trying I, to I, tell I, you, you guys this for a while. I can't, but... 
when, when they have the pair, the pairs is back at King's Lynn in a couple of weeks, and I can't imagine that they won't have Newslack and either Ellis or Howarth, because that's the quickest of. And it infuriates me that Carl Howarth and Adam Ellis were so quick after what they've done to me in 2018. <laughs> Which I don't think they did into 2018. Yeah, I can't let it lie. What, they what, lost what, us the league title. They did. Ellis thank, scored thank three. You, thank you, thank you. Ellis scored three. Carl Howarth got about four, I think, at reserve. I can never forgive him for that. And then Howarth bangs in about 13 the other night. Yeah, well, I think it's just Kingsland, mate. I think if you put that race suit on, I think you just you drop your average immediately drops, drops by about two five points. points, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Thank Richie, you, if mate. Richie Warrell would sign for anybody else, he'd be fine. But he'd be fine tonight at Wolverhampton. But because he's right, because he's a Kingsland rider, that's it. He's gone three no, blobs. He struggled at Wolverhampton last time. Everyone struggles there. He did actually. I, I was there for that one. He did. He did struggle a little bit. But um, I don't. I don't know who'd go to Wolverhampton. Come to King's Lynn, look at the floodlights. Oh, God, you have to get that job in every week, don't you? <laughs> I can't wait. Wolverhampton are down there in a couple of weeks, actually, and I'm looking forward to showing all the fans that come down from Wolverhampton the floodlights. Guided tour and everything. Would you like a very quick score update with one heat to go at Wolverhampton? Oh, yes, please. Well, no. So, a very quick score update uh, is that Wolves are still 12 points ahead after two three alls in heat 13 and 14. And there was me sagging off Richie Worrell. He's gone naught, 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 three. He wins heat 14. So, um, he must have heard us. Pretty cool. He must have heard, He must have been listening. He's got the radio on in the pits, isn't he? Um, so that is 48-36 with a heat to go. So, uh, unfortunately, Peterborough are not getting anything from I this one. I was going to say, I do have a Sheffield Ipswich. I, I do have a Sheffield Ipswich update, I think. Uh, it says it's 18-18, but there was a crash in heat seven. Uh, it looks um, like I believe Danny King was walking to an ambulance. Yeah, but I think that crash was a while ago. I, I don't know if it's been updated since. Um, it was a bad crash, so it's like that it could explain could why it's been with, obviously with yeah. the ambulances as well. So could explain why it's taken a while, but that is a, from what we can gather, that is still eighteen points apiece. Could be eighteen, eighteen. It could be 50, could be match over. Yeah. But uh, just, just yeah, stick Wolverhampton. On the it's on telly. It is on telly actually. Yeah, um, no. but. Wolverhampton have picked up all the points at home against Peterborough. And they grass is green. To go. <laughs> well, well done to them. Now, I, I think Kings are, cast, are getting cast adrift at the moment. We need to pick up some points for me next ride, which I actually don't know when it is because we've got the pairs next week. So. I know King, we're at Peterborough. Kings didn't cut adrift. Grass is green. We're, well, well we've got four points at Peterborough. Pretty guaranteed anyway. So. I hope that doesn't come about bite you in the backside. Yeah, I'm not going because I'll get abused, I think. But um, I just to finish off tonight's show, then I just want to, as promised, would would have a look at the um, the British Youth Championships and what's been happening there so far. There's a, there's actually a double header coming up. Um, I think it's this Sunday. Uh, they've got a round at I want to say it Glasgow in the morning. And Scunthorpe in the afternoon. That could red be wild car, off the mark. Red in the morning. Red in the morning. I knew it was somewhere like that. Glasgow, Glasgow Scunthorpe in, for one afternoon is that's a bit of a truck. That's, that's quite a long way. Yeah, that's quite a long way. Red car makes a bit more sense. Half ten on Sunday, they're at Red Car, and then at seven o'clock, um, they are at Scunthorpe. Um, just to bring you some of the results, though, and some of the riders that have been performing particularly well. Obviously, um, when we look at the five hundred cc. 
series. Uh, Sam McGurk has, has taken three of the rounds, but um, it's actually, uh, I don't know if you've seen the scores, came, but um, it was actually Ace Piper who took the, the title on Bellevue, I believe it was, in the last round. I, I've just um, seen that there. Which was a little bit surprising for me. <laughs> Seeing as Sam has done all, all the rounds and then doesn't win his home round. <laughs> yeah, apart from the one on his own home track, which is a little bit surprising. But uh, Sam's obviously riding very well for the Bellevue Colts at the moment, and uh, Ace has been performing superbly for the Berry Bullets. So it's good to see them two in fine form at the moment. Um, some other names that have been in that competition: Jody Scott uh, has been riding in it as well. Unfortunately, he's been out injured, but I believe he is back on a bike again. Uh, Vinnie Ford has been in it as well. Max James has been in it. All of these riders are currently riding in some capacity, whether it be the National Development League. Would you like a, a quick the... cheeky rundown of all the leaderboards in the British Youth Championship after round four? Go on then, Kate. You go ahead with in, that one. In the 500cc class, Sam McGurk leads with 70 points. Max James is second with 60. Then we're down to Ace Pipe with 41. Freddie Hodder, close behind on 40. Owen Booth, 30. Billy Bull has 28. Leyland Richardson from Workington has 26. Ben Trigger, 23. And Jordy Scott, who only won the first round, has 16. Max Perry and Vinnie Ford, uh, they are listed, but they haven't made an appearance. In the 250 class, Luke Harrison is unbeaten on 72. Sonny Springer is second on 58. Then it's Ashton Vale on 53, closely followed by William Cairns on 53. Ashton Vale, 55, sorry. Jimmy Etherington has 46, and Charlie Wood has 10, but he's only won the fourth round. And then in the 125-150 championship, it's Cooper Russian with 36, won both rounds. Steen Piper, two second places, 32. Oliver Bovington, 26. Archie Wolf also 26. Seth Norman, 22. Oliver Bins, 20. Caden Martin, 9. Missed the first round. And Emerson Betty, Yes, to, yeah, yet to ride. I think. Um, there is a couple more: Caden Mundy, Jack Franklin, Harry Fletcher, Ethan Haw, Hare, Hare, Ethan Hare. I don't know. Never heard of him. Sorry. Daniel McTeer, Charlie Fletcher, Rico Joyce, Becky Weston, and Casper Klusin, Casper, the Polish <laughs> name, have yet to ride. Kluzniak, Casper Kluzniak. Good one. Good well, thanks, thanks for that, though, Ken. Uh, You're welcome. Just some names to just some names to uh, listen out for um, in the future. Uh, especially one name that I would pick out from that, especially in the 250 series, is Luke Harrison. I know he's he's unbeaten at the moment. Um, I've seen him ride, and he's going to be a serious prospect. In the future. I would just so like to add. I wish some of them were just called John Smith. It's a lot easier to say John Smith. It'd be a lot easier to, to work out, wouldn't it? First word, so, John Smith. Um, John Smith, speedway rider. Um, anyway, that that concludes the show from us this week. Um, unless you guys have got anything else you want to add on, Dan Bewley, eight to one. Okay, thank oh, you very much, Kane. Any time, yeah. Oh lordy, oh god. No, no, sorry, no, nothing for me. <laughs> but, uh, no, brilliant. So, thank you very much for you two for joining me again on the show. Um, we'll be back again next week. Um, with another episode of the podcast, maybe a guest on again next week. Um, we'll look at our options. But uh, once again, just a big uh, thank I, you I to have, everyone. I have just a very, very late, late bit of news. Sheffield is off. It's not off, sorry. It's delayed because there's a, an issue with the fence. So we could have a, the first of a fence off. Not a rain what off, are going to do? Fence we'll, place off. 
replace it with elastic or something. <laughs> elastic so pants. Just yeah. Fence booms. We've, we've, fence sa- booms. <laughs> we've saved British speedway right there. <laughs> Don't need the fence. Oh, right. where's that anyway? Was that interesting? Sheffield. 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 So the one, the one that's the televised meeting. Yeah. Because of a problem with the fence. Oh, brilliant. But um, anyway, thank you for you two for joining me on the show again. Um, and a big thank you for everyone at BHP Radio for allowing us to come onto this platform uh, and air our show. Um, hopefully, at one stage, we might be allowed back in the future, all dependent on how much we've probably affected their ratings, to be honest. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But, but a big thank you for the opportunity to do this. Um, and we'll be back again next week. So thank you, Kane. Thank you, Rob. Network.